Welcome to the Mexico Business Now podcast. This is a view from the top, an open space for industry experts to share knowledge, information, and expertise on the most relevant topics, events, and happenings under corresponding sectors. Welcome everyone to a new episode of the Mexico Business Now podcast. I'm your host, Adriana Larcón. Today with me, I have Karina Lerma, CEO Managing Director of Frac Mexico. Fract Group is an international freight forwarder and an industry leader in providing general and specialized global logistics solutions. Their goal is to provide innovative tailor-made logistics solutions that bring quantifiable added value to their customers while staying within budget. Hi, Karina. Nice to see you again. Thank you for coming to the podcast. I wanted to give you this space so you can introduce yourself to our audience and explain more about your role within the company. Thank you so much, Avery. It is great seeing you again and uh, so glad to be here with you and participate from this wonderful space that you have opened in Mexico business. As you well said, I am Karina Lerma. I am currently CEO to Fraught Group in Mexico and also I'm heading my own small logistics, domestic logistics company and packaging company called Valmic Logistics here in Mexico. I have the fortune of having been in the logistics and supply chain industry for the past 26 years now, and I've had the fortune to work for two of the largest trade forwarding companies worldwide along my career. Super happy to be here with you today. And thank you, Karina. Now, to start a podcast, I wanted to ask you, what drew you to freight industry and specifically to fracked? Well, that's a nice question because it leads to a very funny story. Actually, I think my my logistics story is very alike, the one of many very, you know, deeply loved colleagues because it shares two interesting ingredients, which are randomness and a little bit of ingenuity. You know, I graduated from Tecnológico de Monterrey back in 1997. Don't calculate my age, please. My bachelor's degree is on international relations. And uh, since the very beginning, when I started my career, I thought that I would end up in the diplomatic scene. I thought I would be a diplomatic working somewhere super interesting and I would have a very sophisticated career in the governmental range. But then, well, obviously, you know, reality stroke me when I graduated and uh, I actually saw face-to-face -face the fact that I needed to pay for my student credit. So I, I saw this job opening in the human resources portion of a, of a wallpaper there at uh, the university. And it was actually from Panalpina, a logistics company, a Swiss logistics company, no longer in the market, unfortunately. This was in Monterrey, where I'm actually from. And uh, I applied for the air freight customer service position. At that time, I did not even actually know what it stood for or what I needed to do or what I needed to know, but I did know one thing for fact. I, I needed to pay for my studies. So I applied and uh, that was it for me. You know, This is where I started and uh, there was no return. I never left. That sounds amazing. Actually, I also, I'm an internationalist and I also can relate since I also worked at logistics and now I write about logistics. So now changing a little bit the subject, but now talking more about fract, I would like to know how does fract balance the need for efficiency with the nuanced demands of various industries, ensuring that logistic solutions are not only streamlined, but also tailored to each sector's intricacies. Yes. Well, having worked for several other logistics companies in my career, Fraught is a totally atypical logistics company, if I may say. Our heart uh, and the foundation of the company, which dates 68 years ago, 
was in projects cargo, mainly, you know, a highly technical and a very specialized type of business. So for more than three decades now, Fracht has been able to evolve into becoming an integrated freight forwarder. And uh, this is where we are also unique, you know, because in that respect, we have been able to put together vertical solutions by industry, but always in accordance with our real strengths. In other words, we are not here to become a massive freight forwarding company or logistics operator. Our insight is to actually become and remain as the most reliable one. So I think this is the true differentiator for Fract. I think also what makes Fract unique, it's also about its culture. So I would really love for you to tell us more about the culture of Fract, what makes it different for other freight forwarder companies. Yes, Fract is also unique because it's a very people-focused company. We are a company that now has grown heavily in the past five to eight years. We have now grown to 140 offices all around the globe. But still, it's a fun company in which you can pick up the phone and you can actually speak to someone in another office and everybody knows your name, everybody knows you, everybody answers back emails. It's a very personal company. And uh, I think it all cascades down from the owner, from Mr. Rudy Reisdorf in Basel. He has this uh, this culture in which he puts always people up front. People come first. And uh, I think this is amazing because I know very little companies which actually not only say this, but actually live this in a day-to-day -day basis. And this is fraught, you know. This is why people remain so motivated and people are actually engaged 500% with what they do because they feel And they know that they're important and that they're working for a goal. They're actually working to leave something behind them that will transcend. And uh, this is this is incredible. Yeah, and that sounds amazing. And I think maybe our audience may know you also for sponsoring the Inter of Miami. So could you tell us a little more about that? How a logistics company can also be a sponsor of a soccer team? Yes. Well, you know, th this is something that is actually very recent. We have only been sponsoring Inter de Miami for a few months now. And uh, this is this is something that is also very not like Fract, okay? But we are creative and we are a company that, that really likes to do things differently. So this all came to us from uh, basically, you know, something very, very casual. One of our employees knew someone that was close to this team. And when we started looking at the values that moved them, they were very similar to what moves Fract. They're very focused on family. They're very focused on youth. They're very focused on sustainability. They're very focused on making sure that what they do leaves something behind for others. They're extremely committed to corporate social responsibility. And this is something that goes along perfectly with the set of values that Fract works upon. So we never actually looked for it, but it just came along. And to be quite honest, we never expected for it to blow up like it did. It has been an amazing ride, though, and we have learned a lot about soccer, too. So it's a, it's a plus. That sounds amazing. And as you said previously, you were mentioning about how for Fract, people comes first. Mm -hmm. And especially in the logistics sector, this is quite rare. So with that in mind, also, I think there is a complexity that involves orchestrating an entire supply chain and, you know, you being the leader, it comes also with certain challenges. So 
With that in mind, what difficulties come with overseeing the entirety of a supply chain and how does Fract excel in providing these effective logistic solutions? This is a super interesting question, Adriana, and thanks for bringing it up because I think the easiest way to answer it would be to say, oh, okay, technological difficulties, we need to do EDI, connectivity and systems and all this and that. I would really like to go deep down into the basics, the basics of this complexity, right? We all know that complexity in supply chains is increasing. Chains are made up nowadays, not only of asset owners, all interacting among themselves. They're also made up of other technological service providers, visibility, and many others, which we didn't even know of five or six years ago. So the major challenge right now lies in orchestrating with them a melody, even if they not all play at the same rhythm. And this is tough. For integrators such as Rockt, I think the biggest challenge is to achieve effective and uh, efficient coordination between the actors, because most of the time we don't have the same level of development. You know, when you talk about maritime carriers, air freight carriers, customs authorities, port terminals, trucking companies, logistics hubs, warehouses, they're all at different development levels and they're all at different competitiveness levels. So this requires synergies. In the end, it requires long-term investments. And uh, it also requires something that is even more transcendent. And that is having a strategic vision, you know, which is what Frog really focuses on because we like business that is long-term business. So for us, putting synergies together is just key. I think also a key for having a long-term business has to do a lot with customizing to the needs of your customers, right? So how does FRAG balance the need for efficiency with nuanced demands of various industries, but also ensuring the logistic solutions are not only streamlined, but also tailored to each sector's intricacies? Well, what we do is actually, since we are not massive, I think this this becomes part of our nature, right? We balance because we're not trying to go after everything. And we are not trying to go after what the market trends dictate. Okay, we listen to them, obviously, because we play in a market and we play in a macroeconomic environment, of course. But we don't actually go exactly or by the book with what they say. We go more listening one-to-one to to our customers and making sure that we can build a tailor-made solution for them, which, again, will never be massive, okay? And, And I think in this respect, I think we need to make sure that we are consistent, right? Because I see many companies that say, we build tailor made solutions for our customers. But in the end, that is not entirely true because they're so big and they're so massive that it's just important to do one size fits all. And uh, in the case of Rock, this is totally different, right? We don't intend to be the largest, but we intend to be the most reliable. So in this respect, we do take a lot of time and each project is uh, seen with uh, a lot of respect and is seen with a lot of technicality. So we can make sure that we deliver for our customers exactly what they're looking for. And, you know, we we are not actually perfect 100% in all industries. Of course, there are industry segments in which we are better than others, right? If you come to us with projects, I mean, 
hardly anyone will beat the capabilities of fraught, but maybe in pharma or other industries, we still have a long way to go. And we acknowledge that. So I think that is part of being a responsible logistics player in, in a market such as the one we move in now. Yeah, and I think it also tells us more about FRAG that recognizes its own weaknesses to really improve itself. So I think it's really quite interesting about that. Yeah. So now we want to know more about yourself. And outside of your work, what are your passions and interests? How do you unwind and find inspiration beyond logistic world? Well, aside from all the logistics euphoria, I'm a house mom. I mean, overall, that if anybody asks what my key role in life is right now, I would say that it's being a, a house mom, obviously, because I have two daughters, an 11-year-old and an 8-year-old, and uh, they're time-consuming. They're a handful. So this is one of the parts of my life that actually give me the most satisfaction. And since I'm a declared house mom, I love house stuff. So uh, I'm really into decoration. So uh, if you ever come to my house, you would see that it's always under renovation. We're always changing things because it's something that I enjoy. I, I think that it's very important for us to be in a nice environment in a place in which you feel comfortable and you feel safe. So this for me is very important. Recently, I joined this wine tasting course. It has been amazing. This is something that I wanted to do for quite a long time. So now this is one of my, my goals for 2024. I'm going to become an expert in, in wine tasting. But yes, those are some of the things that I do when I'm not doing projects logistics. <laughs> That sounds amazing. Honestly, the wine tasting, I envy you for that. <laughs> uh, and you told us that you're a mom, you are the CEO, you also have your own company. And I know that you are. You also work at the Swiss Chamber of Commerce. Yes. So with that in mind, many leaders do struggle with work-life balance and you have like a full package. So could you share with us your strategies to maintain a healthy balance while building an industry leader in a such time of sensitive sector right now? Yeah. Well, you know, it's tough. It's tough. I think I think the best strategy is the one that fits each and every one of us because it's, it, this is a very individual thing. I would never dare or even think of lecturing anybody because I don't think I have the credentials to do that. But But I can only tell you that I, I have a hard time balancing too, you know, I, I would be lying if I said, oh, no, I have, you know, this perfect schedule and nothing gets out of place. No, it's sometimes is crazy and some days are crazier than others and you need to, to play along with them. But I think this is natural. And why is that? The burden that we put on top of ourselves every day is natural because we're ambitious professionals. And thank God for that because we need to be ambitious if we want to stay ahead in this industry, right? To me, what has actually worked in making sure that I put a little bit of a balance in everything has been to finally acknowledge after so many years that you can have it all, but you just cannot have it all at the same time. This is something that has been, you know, amazing advice. Somebody once told me this like 10 years ago, but I didn't want to pay any attention to it. I should have maybe a few years earlier. Fortunately, I did now. And uh, it's completely true. You know, sometimes we are aiming 
at so many things at the same time that it just becomes unbearable. And sooner or later, you will have a meltdown. So to me, I have now learned that you can. You can have it all. You can have everything you want, not all at the same time. It's important to give yourself a break to breathe. You know, you need a breather. And, uh, and in the end, if you really, really have the sufficient emotional intelligence in you to actually read what's in your mind, you will see that many of the things that you're aiming for are things that you don't even want, are things that are just a part of the average success package that is out there and that you would like to have so everybody thinks you're successful. But uh, once you have the maturity to, you know, to actually differentiate from what you really want, then you're good to go. And I think it's quite important to acknowledge that we are humans and we are flawed. So as you mentioned, yeah, it's quite difficult to have it all at the same time, but it's it's possible. <laughs> so now I also wanted to ask you about your role as an entrepreneur and how difficult, especially in logistics, is to be an entrepreneur. Can you tell us more about your role? Absolutely. You know, this is something that very few people have ever asked me. And uh, I think it, it really shows a part of me that I love. I never actually thought I would become an entrepreneur. All of my career, I have worked for very large global companies, and I loved it. All of my, my logistical and professional baggage comes from that. So I have a very, very strong corporate behavior and a very strong corporate leading role in what I do. That is what I like. I like organization. I like structure. But over the years, I think circumstances placed me in a situation in which I wanted to have more time for my family. And uh, this is why I left the corporate, the high corporate role with the company that I was working for previously and started my very own little business until Fraud came along. And then we, we came up with all this working synergy. But being an entrepreneur is something that is entirely respectable and uh, is huge. You know, it gives you a totally different perspective from a corporate view. And now I tell you, I feel a stronger professional after having opened my very own little company than after all the years in only the corporate business. You just need to have the mix. You need to have the peripheral view. You need to make sure that you can actually understand what a small entrepreneur or a small business goes through In the end, in Mexico, we're talking that over 65% of the companies which move this country on a day-to-day -day basis are those companies, the very small ones, you know, the ones in the hands of entrepreneurial people. So to me, it has been an amazing ride, and I would not let it go for a thing. And that's very admirable, to be honest. But um, if you don't mind asking you, could you tell us why did you choose to be the CEO of FRAC and still have your own company? Yes. Well, you know, it's actually interesting. My company had only been in the market for a year and a half. It was a very, very young, small company. And then I received a call from Frocht. They had a very interesting proposal for me to open the company in Mexico. And uh, I liked it. I liked the offer. And it was also during the pandemics, you know, economic times were very, very difficult back then, right? The company that I opened, I opened it on my own. 100% on my own. I didn't have any partners or any additional investors. So 
I thought that at that time, seeing the, you know, the, the high tides and everything that was going to happen in the economic world, it was a very fortunate decision to actually combine and make sure that I that I stayed afloat with a company such as Rock, in which we would do very interesting developments in the country. And we would also bring in something that was new to me, such as the project business. And uh, on the other hand, they were giving me the opportunity to keep my own company, obviously with its limitations to avoid conflict of interest, because my company can obviously not sell international forwarding. It can only sell domestic services with uh, own trucks and, and several other things. But I thought it was just, you know, something that that was amazing. I mean, how often can you actually get a chance to run a large company and uh, stay with this, uh, you know, vibrance? while you also develop your own little baby. I mean, it's just huge. Yeah, definitely. And honestly, I do quite admire your perspective in everything. With that in mind, could you give us one piece of advice in your vision and perspective for the future? Okay, well, I think logistics-wise, I think logistic industry is going through a period that is, uh, that is absolute gold. You know, this is something that we will not see again in in many many years maybe many many decades mostly here in mexico because the key player role that we have in the global economy will absolutely magnify in the next five years trust me on this one we need to embrace technological change because it's going to take place at the speed of light we need to be ready for fast paced product development and we also need to be ready to start loving strategic synergies because these are going to be the main differentiator between those who lead the game and those who just follow in the game okay that on the very logistics thing that is my my view of how things will develop in the next couple of years but on the other hand on the more personal level i can only tell you optimism is free you know and uh, it's contagious and it's progressive we are surrounded by wonderful things and major opportunities every, every day, every single day. So let's be thankful. You know? Let's be thankful for everything. And as crazy as it may sound, say thank you. Say thanks even in the very bad days, because uh, I think we always have to keep in mind that there's always somebody out there who is having a worse day than we are. So we always need to be thankful, you know? And uh, well, you know, last but not least, everything looks better on a Friday, right? all the time. <laughs> yeah, I I definitely agree. And I do think that you are a really optimistic person and like you can transmit the optimism, like even through Zoom, I can feel it. Regarding logistics, I do think that there is a challenge and an opportunity in Mexico to embrace technology and digital infrastructure for sure. And I wanted to ask you, this is our last question, about what podcast or books could you recommend along the lines of what has been discussed today? Yeah, well, you know, thinking a little bit that we have discussed balance between personal life and professional life. I read this book around three years ago, and I can tell you, um, I hear people all the time saying, it changed my life. And I'm not really into saying that, but this book really, really shook me up. It's called Essentialism by Greg McKeon. And really, I was so shocked to actually see, because it was basically a book that spoke about me, you know, and <laughs> I felt it so personal. I got so engaged with it 
because it actually talks about the way in which we sometimes refuse to go back to basics and to see the importance of focusing on what is essential in your life. And once you actually do that, everything just starts to flow in a different manner, in a better manner. So I actually loved this book and uh, it really gave me a whole set of new tools to look at problems and um, face problems in a more critical way, in a more positive way. So I, I loved it. And uh, one other that I'm reading right now that I would really recommend it because I think, uh, I think it's a fun book and it's also a very practical book for the current society. You know, it's called Think Again by Adam Grant. Uh, yes, you can actually find it anywhere. And uh, it's it's a really interesting book because sometimes we are all eager about learning and learning and learning more because society is pushing us to actually be learners, constant learners. And sometimes we don't even see that it's uh, more important to unlearn a few things that we have in our baggage, emotional baggage or professional baggage that we should start getting rid of, right? And sometimes it's harder to unlearn than to learn. So I think that's a, that's an interesting book. And uh, yeah, that's the one I'm reading right now. And if I could tell you one, because not, not everything has to be about, you know, these sort of topics. I, I'm also into the coffee table books because I have a few of those too. And uh, like a year ago, I saw this one about Oprah Winfrey and it's called O's Best Advice Ever. It's a really, you know, it's a really easy going book. And uh, it uh, just gives you a summary of most uh, of her, you know, the most important interviews that she has done along her career. It's really fun. It's interesting. And uh, it gives you a very, very fresh perspective of uh, a lot of different topics. So it's it's cool. Thank you, Karina. I, for sure, I'm writing those down. I will. <laughs> yeah. I definitely will read them. So thank you, Karina, for sharing with us the human side of logistics, that even in the complex world of logistics, the ride can also be fun and that it is possible to have everything, but not all at the same time. So for everyone listening, go check out Frag Group on their website, social media, and LinkedIn. Don't forget to follow us, leave a rating and a review on whichever streaming platform you're using to listen to this podcast. And if you want to learn more about the Mexico business ecosystem, don't miss out on our daily audio articles written by the best experts across all industries. And we'll see you next Monday with a new view from the top. Thank you so much. Bye.